You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, and thank you for joining me for episode 254 of the Blended Family Podcast. I always like to do relationship-themed shows for my Valentine episodes, and this year when I sat down to think about this week's topic, the word growth just kept popping into my mind as 2020 showed many of us the true meaning of growth. So we'll talk a little bit about personal growth, but mostly what I wanna focus on today is how to grow together in a relationship to ensure a long lasting relationship. So it's a solo show today and I've got lots to cover, so no special announcements this week. I do, however, have a short testimonial that I want you to hear first, not about me, but about Living the Good Life Naturally, which is today's sponsor of the show. And you might remember a few months ago, we had a contest and four lucky listeners got to try the magnesium soak, which is not the only product they offer, but it's what I would say is the main product and probably the most important one. I use the soak still on a regular basis and is doing wonders for my healing, but this isn't about me. I've heard so far back from three out of the four winners and all shared with me very positive experiences. So I want you to listen to this short conversation I recorded with a listener who won, followed by the ad, and then I'll be right back to share lots of good tips on how to grow together with your partner. Hello, I am here with Stacy, who has been on the show before as a co-host, and she's back today to kind of fill us in about some recent events and talk about the magne- magnesium, I'm sorry, which she won back when I did that giveaway a few months ago. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so our last episode was number 207, so it wasn't very long ago, but um, in my standards it kind of was because I had taken some time off, and so I know that you've gotten married since you were last on the show, so why don't you tell us a little bit of an update about your blended family? I have, thanks. So um, at the time that I did the episode for your show, um, it was my boyfriend and I. Uh, We were dating long distance. Uh, We both had kids. We have Uh, I have two daughters and he has three daughters. Uh, So we have a big group of girls. They are now um, 12, 10, 6, 5, and 4. So we have um, lots of Barbie dolls in our house. (laughs) But um, in uh, February of 2020, he uh, moved into my house. Um, We had gotten engaged in May of 2019. And uh, so he moved in ahead of our wedding, um, which was in May of 2020. Uh, and about three weeks after he moved in, uh, the world kind of collapsed and COVID was running rampant and everything got shut down. So we were kind of thrown into this situation where um, he works nights. So he is used to sleeping during the day when we are at school and at work. And all of a sudden we were together like 24 seven. So it was definitely an adjustment, not only to him moving in, but also to all of us being around all the time. Uh, I work for a school district, so I was at home and my kids were at home. 
And so we managed to navigate that. Um, we did have to kind of change our plans for the wedding. Uh, we had kind of planned for not a huge wedding, but, you know, family and friends. Um, and we had to scale that back significantly. Uh, we ended up just having the two of us and our five kids and just our immediate parents and siblings. Um, we went to a local park um, and just had a short ceremony and included the kids and then just had dinner um, at his uh, parents' house uh, with all of us there. So we definitely had to make some changes uh, as far as the wedding went, but um, it turned out to really be a great day and having just, you know, immediate family there made it really special. Yeah, it sounds really intimate. And sometimes those things are nice. And we just have to roll with the punches this year. It's just been a crazy year. I find it really interesting um, that you started off your marriage in the pandemic. I actually just recorded with somebody else who had a very similar situation. And I always find that if you can make it through a situation like that, which is already hard, you know, blending a family, but then you had that extra challenge on top of it and you made it through that for the most part, then that's very telling about your relationship because that's pretty difficult to go through. Absolutely. And everybody says, you know, the first year of marriage is really tough anyway. And then, you know, with blending families with our kids and the pandemic and we have some uh, opposite uh, political beliefs. So the election this year kind of threw a wrench into some things. And I think we've both kind of decided that if we could make it through 2020, that we're going to be all right. Yeah. And I don't even know what that would be like. I, we don't even have to get into politics, but my husband and I are on the same page and it makes it extremely difficult when you're not. Um, and you have a split household like that. So it's been a very, very challenging year for sure. Now, I know when you contacted me to win the contest, um, why don't you tell us who that was for? Because it wasn't just for you. Sure. So uh, my youngest daughter is five um, and she has been struggling with uh, the issue of constipation since she was about two. Um, we visited gastroenterologists. We've been to behavioral psychologists. We've been kind of all over the spectrum trying to figure out if it was a physical issue, if it was a behavioral issue. Um, and we were really getting pretty frustrated. She started kindergarten this year. Uh, so I thought maybe like, um, you know, peer pressure might help a little bit, but it didn't seem to be working. And I had been reading up um, about different ways to treat uh, constipation in children. You know, we had always done um, kind of the traditional route. Our doctors had always prescribed Miralax for her. And I was just, you know, getting to the point where I was reading this research saying that, you know, long-term use of laxatives really isn't great for kids. So mm. um, I was looking for some other ways to kind of treat this issue. And when I um, had done some of that reading, I had kept, I kept seeing, you know, that magnesium was a way to kind of supplement that and to be able to make some changes. And so I thought, you know, when I heard it on your episode, I thought this is my sign that I need to, you know, try something different. So that's why I had entered into that contest to win the magnesium soap. Yeah, I'm so glad that you did. And that was one of the reasons that I picked you because, well, first of all, when it comes to kids, you know, I have a really big heart. I don't want to see her struggle through that. I just thought it was a really worthy reason to get that. And I know that that is true um, about magnesium helping with a multitude of things, really. So I'd love to know you received the magnesium, obviously, a while back and you've had time to use it. So why don't you tell us how it actually worked for her? 
Yeah, so we um, put it in her bathtub, um, and she loves being in the bath, so soaking a few extra minutes um, was not uh, an issue for her. Um, and we actually have seen, um, we've continued to use it after the, the free one that we got, um, and we've seen some significant improvements in her, um, just her being more regular and not having as many accidents. Um, she has gotten um, really excited about that. Um, I think she was getting to a point where she was noticing that the other kids at school were not having accidents. And so I think she really, um, you know, decided that it was time to do something. And I think the magnesium just helped her get her body in tune. Um, and we've seen a just excellent progress since then. I'm so happy to hear that. You know, I, I advertise products on my show and I, I only advertise things that I believe in. And of course, I've used the magnesium myself and I've found it very helpful for my pain and for my anxiety and things that I'm struggling with. Um, but it's always so great to get another testimonial from somebody, especially for a different reason as this. So thank you so much. I'm assuming you would recommend this product to others, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And she, you know, didn't mind it at all in her bathtub. I was a little nervous about maybe it making her like tingly or some kind of, um, you know, physical effect, but she didn't seem to notice at all. So, um, you know, for kids, you know, a little bit in their bathtub and, and it doesn't seem to bother her. I'm so, so happy to hear that, Stacey. I'm so thankful for you coming on the show to talk about it. And for the listeners, if you want to learn more about Stacey, she was on episode 207. So I encourage you to go back if you haven't listened to it and check that out so you can get more to know more about Stacey. Um, thank you so much, Stacey. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Living the Good Life Naturally is a self-care company focusing on magnesium. Statistics show that up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient, which can cause a multitude of health issues including headaches, muscle cramps, seizures, hair loss, and more. Kristen Bowen, founder, created the company out of her own personal health struggles, so she really cares, and she has a mission to help others achieve optimal health. I myself am a huge believer in these products, and I use them on a daily basis. It's been especially helpful for my anxiety and my pain. Try the magnesium soak, the magnesium spray, or the delectable bath bombs for an extra treat. And check out the website to see the entire product line and learn more at livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. Or you can go back and listen to episode number 237 when Kristen was on this show. Don't forget to use my promo code BLENDED to receive a special discount. Order today and get your health back. All right, I'm back. And a big thank you again to Stacy for coming on the show to share your and your daughter's experience. I believe very strongly in natural ways to bring your body to health. So I'm glad you guys got to hear that. So today's topic is about growth and how to make sure you grow with your partner in the relationship rather than apart. Before that, let's just talk a little bit about personal growth for a minute because we're always growing. I mean, I hope so, right? Isn't that kind of the point of life is growth? And we should always strive to be better, not better than anyone else, better than we were before. So growth isn't a new thing, nor is it a 2020 thing. But that being said, you must have noticed that 2020 was different than other years and that our growth was kind of accelerated, right? The universe pressed pause on us, which forced us 
all to be more aware of our lives because we had a moment to slow down, to look around, to pay more attention to what was around us. But this looked so different for everyone though. And that caused a whole slew of other issues and that there was a lot of judgment placed on others who had a different perspective. What people failed to realize this year was that everyone comes to their own awareness of things when they're ready to, and that we can't force our perspective on other people. And the last thing we should do is judge when we're all experiencing the shift together. So I could tell you for me and my husband, Sean, this was the biggest year of growth in each of our lives, as terrible as the year was, but we each grew in totally different ways, which is strange. It's all strange because we didn't do much this year. We hardly left the house except to go working and food shopping. In fact, all of our businesses contracted this year, but this wasn't a year for career growth for us. It was a time for personal growth, and that's where we expanded. But at the beginning, I just kept comparing myself with all these people online who were having massive growth in their careers. They were creating you know, workshops and programs, all these things that I wanna do for you guys. And it really made me feel stuck, like I was missing the boat. But every time I try to work, I literally felt like I was stuck in quicksand. I just couldn't. I couldn't find the motivation to do these things, to work, to create. But I think that's because I already had been doing those things. So this time my growth, or you can call it my lesson, was for me to learn to be still and to learn to rest and to learn that I can't control everything or anything that was happening around me. But see, that's just my story. You might have heard of shadow work. A lot of people were doing shadow work this year, and that's what we were doing. But others may have found that this was the year for their career to soar as they found time now to create things they never had time to do in the past. And some of you were forced to become teachers for your children, and perhaps that grew you in ways you never could have imagined. I know a lot of you grew patience this year, right? Being, being a parent and a teacher and a provider is really, really difficult. Others might have worked with their physical bodies this year, finding time to like eat better and exercise and create better habits. For many, it was a year of spiritual awakening. And some of you might be thinking, nope, it's just been a terrible year and nothing seems different and I didn't grow. And that might appear so, but I really don't think you can go through what we all just have and still are and not be changed in some way. So I encourage you to just look for it in yourself. And if you still say nothing, well, maybe the time is coming soon. It's impossible to live a life and not ever grow, even if it's just growth and wisdom and experience. And we grow through both positive and negative experiences, but I believe, and I think you would all agree, that much growth comes from pain. And I think that's why 2020 pushed many of us to stretch and grow because it was a very painful year. So that's a little bit about your personal growth journey. We all have it and we all go at our own pace. And in a relationship, growth becomes an issue because of this very fact. No two people will grow together in the same way. Growth is very individual. 
even like in the case of my husband and I, we both did shadow work, but each of our issues are completely different. We don't have the same fears or insecurities as one another, so it's still different. But in many cases, it looks very different. For instance, maybe one person is working on their spiritual side, but the other is career-driven. Or in another example, one person could be trying to improve their career, and the other is wanting to just stop working and go traveling and live like a nomad. It can be like this, where two people have very different visions of the future. And then there are some other cases where one person's wanting to grow, but the other is completely stagnant. It's just not their time. It's all okay, and people should always grow at their own pace, like I said, but what often happens here is a sort of separation, a pulling apart, because you each sense that you're going in a different direction, and so you're gonna get all these feelings that can come up, like jealousy, insecurity, even fear, because one might think their partner is gonna leave them behind, essentially, right? You're gonna grow so much and you're not gonna want to be with me anymore. And there's usually one partner who grows just a little bit quicker, maybe. And that leaves the other partner feeling bad about themselves, thinking something must be wrong with them. And then once those feelings kind of become the norm into a pattern, things are just gonna get worse and worse. The separation widens and eventually it will completely divide you. The good news today is that it doesn't have to, and I'm gonna share some tips with you in a minute. So how do you know if your relationship's in trouble? Is there a widening gap between you? Does it feel like you're pulling in different directions, that you have that different vision of your futures? Are you feeling like you have nothing in common anymore? When should you even be concerned? So here are some signals that you might wanna put a little bit more emphasis on your relationship that I want you to look for when communication stops, right? If you stop talking to each other, that's a real problem. When intimacy stops, intimacy is extremely important. Some relationships value it a little bit more, but if you're a couple that values intimacy and it suddenly stops, that's a concern, it's a red flag. When both of you run out of patience for one another and when both or even one of you are just miserable, you just seem miserable all the time. If you see these things happening in your relationship, you can save it, at least you can try to, right, by just taking some simple actions before you let it go to the point of no return. Right, so you take care of it sooner rather than later. Okay, so I'm going to go over, I have 10 tips for you. The first one, um, and I've said this a million times before, don't let the kids or exes come between you. You've got to stand united as a team. I know that this is hard, but if you have a gap there already, kids and exes will sense that, they will know it, and they will somehow drive a wedge. It's not always on purpose. Um, it might be with an ex, but with the kids, it's not always on purpose. It just It's just kind of one of those things that happen. So if you stand united as a team, it makes it a lot harder for anybody to come between you. 
And you really need to remember the importance and the honor of your relationship. I know a lot of people say, well, the kids have to come first. Yeah, of course the kids have to come first, especially young kids. But that doesn't mean your partner comes second. You know, at some point, your partner and your kids should be equaled, right? I mean, depending on what the situation is, some things are emergencies, right? But your partner has to be very important to you because that's the person that's supposed to be in your life even when the kids move out. So that was number one. Very, very important. Number two, find common interests and have fun together. I know there are some couples that spend a lot of time together and some that don't do anything together, but find something that you enjoy together. It might even be just a TV show, you know, taking a walk. Uh, maybe there's a place that you like to go together. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you like to go on bike rides. Whatever it is, even if it's just one common interest, make sure that you do something like that on a regular basis. Make sure you have fun Life has become very serious lately and it's been harder and harder to have fun because everything's closed down and life doesn't feel normal, but you can still have fun with your partner. You can still laugh and joke together. You can play a game. You can, I don't know, you can do lots of things to have fun. Sean and I are always laughing together about something and trying to be goofy because you have to laugh. Life is way too serious right now, okay? So find some things that you like to do together and have fun fun that's number two number three get interested in their interests this is funny you know I I like to read books and Sean likes to watch football I don't like football and he doesn't like books but we really act interested in those things when our partner tries to talk to us right when when he's talking to me about football I'm listening I have no idea what he's talking about it sounds just very Charlie Brown to me because I'm not interested in sports but that's his favorite thing so I am going to pay attention I'm try to try to be interested in it right because that's what he likes and vice versa it's really really important you don't have to get completely involved with what they're doing but I mean you should both act interested because it shows your partner that you care if you're interested in what they're interested in. Plus, it'll keep you guys a little bit closer. And it'll give you, maybe maybe you'll end up liking the thing that they like, and then it's something else that you can do together. Okay, number four, let them grow at their own pace. I've already talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, super important. Everybody needs to go their own way. You cannot force somebody across the finish line of something. You know, I know it's that's one of my problems. You know, I always tell Sean, why can't you just do it this way and you should do this and you should do that and well, you know what he doesn't want to do it my way he wants to do it his way and so that's just something about those of us and I say us because it's me too that um, try to be a little bit controlling about things because um, I don't have bad intentions I just think I know better sometimes and so I don't always know better what's right for somebody else and so that's one of the things I've been working on um, is letting people go at their own pace and stop trying to jump in and rescue everybody um, because it's not our job it's our job to just rescue ourselves number five help them with their struggles with love not impatience you know, if you see your partner struggling this year, like we all are struggling with our own unique challenges, um, don't be impatient with them, right? Remember, we're all struggling with our own thing. Maybe the thing that they're struggling with, you just don't understand because it's not the thing you're struggling with, but you have your own issues that you're struggling with, right? So just try to help them, be there for them, listen to them. 
You know, sometimes people just want somebody to listen. You don't have to solve. Again, you're not trying to fix their problem. You're just trying to be present and be there so that they know they have support. Uh, it's easy to get impatient with people, especially when you're quarantined with people for a year. Every little thing they do might get on your nerves, right? But try to just have a little patience, right? If, you, if we look at our partners, sometimes the way, well, I shouldn't say the way we look at our kids. Sometimes we're impatient with our kids too, um, but we know that sometimes our kids need a little bit support and so does our partner. Number six, be direct. This is important. Say what you need and feel. Don't hint around. And I know us women, we are notorious for that because we think our partner should know how we feel because we leave these little hints. Well, people don't always understand hints. This is no time to play head games with people. This is time to be direct, to learn how to communicate better. Even if it's scary sometimes, I'm always scared sometimes because I don't want to rock the boat. And so I've always had a hard time really speaking up if certain things bothered me. But where did that get me? It got me very sick, right? So we don't want to do that. You've got to learn how to say what you need, say what you feel. And, and tell your partner to do the same for you too. And then you have to be able to take those things right? Not let it get you into a heated argument, but actually understand that if we're communicating, it's to help make things better, not fight about it, but to help people understand what we really need in the relationship. Number seven, give what you want to receive. So this is for the people that have a hard time with number six, that can't really be direct, that have a hard time communicating what they need. Then just behave that way, right? So if you want, and this doesn't always work, but if you want more romance from your partner, if you want more physical touch, well then it starts with you. You be romantic. You give those little extra touches and see if you can spark something up. If it's patience that you're seeking, well then you need to be patient. If it's kindness that you want, if it's peace, then you need to be those things so you can model that and then your partner hopefully will mirror it back to you. So I think that it's really important. You know, a lot of people get frustrated with their partner for being a certain way, but they're not self-aware that they might be behaving in the same exact way back. So it's important to do that. Number eight, have deep, intimate conversations. I love this one. Um, I think that not enough couples really talk. And so we, we talk about the communication piece. And yeah, some people have a hard time communicating their wants and needs. But when we have deep, intimate conversations, that doesn't always have to be a difficult conversation of your wants and needs. Maybe if that's difficult, you can still have intimate conversations about other things so that you could still be vulnerable with your partner. You can share some of your fears. You can share your hopes and your dreams for the future like when was the last time you sat down and talked about the future and talked about what your dreams are you know the other night Sean and I had I don't want to say it was a strange conversation because um you know we always tell each other how much we love one another but the other night we just had a deep conversation where I I shared and he shared back the some really deep true things that we appreciate about one another 
that we know, we know each other. He does things for me all the time and I always say thank you. But I wanted him to know, like I truly appreciate every single time you make me coffee and every single time you get my water in the morning and every time you turn on the heater in the bathroom because I'm cold. I mean, he does a multitude of things for me. And I do say thank you, but I still wanted him to know how deeply appreciative I am. So when was the last time maybe you and your partner sat and did that? We don't do that all the time. Heck, I don't know if we ever really did that, but it happened and it felt really, really good. And so you want to be having those conversations with your partner and letting them know that you don't take them for granted because it's really easy for us all to do that, especially now. We've been around our family members 24-7 in some cases, and so sometimes we just take things for granted, and it's very, very important to have those conversations. And it doesn't have to be about love, it could be about anything, but make sure you're having those conversations. Those conversations are what brings you closer, especially when we talk about growth, right? So you wanna share with one another how you both want to grow so that you can support one another through that. Number nine, recognize their success. And this is not just in business, but in whatever they're trying to achieve in their growth journey, right? Whatever they're trying to do, you should be their biggest cheerleader. And so if you see, you know, they, they're doing like an online course and they're doing a really good job on that, you know, congratulate them, try to be supportive of that, um, whatever it might be. Maybe you've noticed that you have a partner who's angry a lot and lately they've been really working on that and they've been making improvements. Make sure you recognize that. Maybe they quit smoking. Maybe they're trying to just make better habits. Make sure you recognize that. Everybody wants to be recognized, but the most important person that can recognize us is our partner, right? We don't have parents anymore that are patting us on the head, telling us we did a good job. We don't have teachers telling us that. And most bosses aren't doing that anymore either. So who's left there to do that? Hopefully we have a partner who recognizes that in us. And I think that that's really important. It's a give and take. But I think you need to be one another's cheerleaders because most of us don't have anyone else doing it for us. And number 10, take care of your own growth and needs first. Right? We all know a happy, better, fulfilled partner can help the other. Just like they tell you when you're on the plane, right? You got to help yourself first before you can protect your children. And this, this goes with anything in life. You've got to do the self-care and you've got to make sure you are well and healthy and grounded so that you can help your partner and you can help your kids. And again, I'll repeat, it is not our job to fix or to save anyone or to carry them along on their journey. We're just there to really help and support and recognize that they're on a journey just like we are. And everyone's looks completely different. And that is okay. So let me just repeat these for you real quick and I'll put them in the show notes. The top 10 tips so that you can grow together in a relationship, especially in hard times. One, don't let the kids or exes come between you. You must be a team. Two, find common interests and have fun together. Three, get interested in their interests. Four, let them grow at their own pace. Five, help them with their struggles lovingly, not impatiently. Six, be direct. Say what you need and feel. 
do not play head games. Number seven, give what you want to receive back. Number eight, have deep, intimate conversations. Number nine, recognize their successes, be their cheerleader. And number 10, take care of your own needs first so that you can be a better partner. So that's what I have for you today. And I want you to know it's okay to sometimes feel a separation from your partner as you're both moving through the world and you're growing in your own individual ways. You aren't supposed to be the same and your journey is not supposed to look the same. And so it's what you do when you feel the separation that counts. Instead of allowing it to divide you further, just use it as guidance. And when you feel it, just know that it means you just need to connect again. And then use the tools I've given you to bring yourselves back together again. And if you practice this, you'll start recognizing those signs more quickly so that gap just never has a chance to grow wide. And the last thing I'll say about this is that not all relationships are meant to last forever. And if any couple suddenly finds themselves on two very separate paths, it's okay to determine that maybe that relationship's run its course. And who knows if the two roads meet again in the future. Growth is the key to it all. So if you find yourself in a place of ending a relationship, can you accept that the ending of the relationship is not a failure? It was a success for however long it lasted. The important thing I want you to ask yourself is, how did I grow in this relationship? What are the lessons that I learned? Wherever you are in your journey, I hope that today's show helps you in some way, even if it just helps you to look at your partner just a little bit differently. I love you all so much. I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. And as I always say, that love for your partner should be recognized every day of the year, not just on Valentine's Day. So I love you guys, and I'll be back next week with another show. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.